Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about sea land, flags, and we have part one of our interview with Eric Skaggs. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I am joined by a girl who, when I said uh, that podcast from the sofa, she was bang up for it, Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man who said, let's podcast from the sofa, <laughs> because he does look like he needs a nap on I it. I do need a nap. It's Chris Dames. Oh, I need, I am so tired today. You know, when a week hits you hard, I mean, I am feeling good. I I woke up this morning feeling very optimistic and remained so, because yes. clearly we we are. We've now got some sort of route map apparently out of lockdown. Um, boom. Um, but um, I have had a long day at work, and you've had a long day at college, virtual work and virtual college. Um, in, uh, um, Which makes it all the more tiring because now my knees really hurt. <laughs> okay. And, and every time you start a new piece of work, you just look at your bed and warm up. Yes, yeah, exactly. Very true. But why you, why'd your knees hurt? Are you, are you edu- educating yourself on your knees? No, uh, I feel more comfortable with my knees curled in, but usually I don't do it at school because it's not one of those things that's socially acceptable. Well, you don't sit and study with your knees curled, do you? Yeah. What? Your knees crossed like a yoga pose? No. How'd you do it then? Like, tucked beside me. Tucked behind you? Like my feet are just beside my butt. Tap behind you then. Yeah. What you all day? No wonder you can't feel your legs. Usually I sit cross legged, but I feel more comfortable like that. Oh god, that sounds a bit awkward actually. <laughs> no, you, no. It's really comfortable. I might try it. I might give it a go. I'll give it a little step. So how's your week been? It's Monday. How's your week? <laughs> It's, it's a long week already, ladies and gents, clearly. How's your week been? It's, it's Monday. Monday. <laughs> but when people listen to this, it will be, be Thursday. Thursday. And by Thursday, I will be saying, it's Thursday. We just reached the halfway point. Let's keep going and finish the week. And next week, there will be more. In what, on what planet is Thursday halfway through the week? Wednesday is halfway through the week. We just got past halfway oh, through the week. Okay, it's Thursday. Thursday seems like coming up to the end of the week, though, doesn't it? Surely. But... Thursday's coming up to Sunday, and Sunday's <laughs> not great. No, you've, you've skipped two days there. Or are, they, no, no, no. or are they your sleeping days? Thursday is coming up to Sunday, and Sunday isn't great because I have a really full day on Mondays. Uh, therefore... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, um, you edit the podcast. You could be listening to this any day. I mean, it could be a Monday, a Tuesday, or when you could be listening to this to, on a Sunday and dreading your Monday like I do every Sunday. And, uh, do you really dread your Mondays? Sometimes. Tell me why. I don't like Mondays. Do you know that song? I've heard it several oh, right, okay. times. I'm aware of Bob Geldof's work. Um, so, what else is going on in your life? Um, You're just desperate to tell that kindness new story I'll about the funny it. bins, aren't you? All right, I'll tell you what, we won't do the preamble because we want more time. <laughs> I'm so desperate to talk. We want more time. Oh, no, no, no. Question the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's that? Uh, if you had your own country, what would it be called and why would it be called that? Now, let me talk to you. We'll get on to your funny bins or funny ice cream story in a minute. Do I have to get the, the funny questions up again? Um, but, um, yeah, get them up again. But <laughs> um, there is a place um, off the English coast called 
Sealand. Have you ever heard of that? No. So I've read the book um, uh, about Sealand, and it's this guy who basically um, took over an oil rig, a disused oil rig, and said, I'm just going to call this my own country. And he called it Sealand. Um, and the British government tried to take it over a couple of times. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, if you get the chance to look at Sealand, the best thing about Sealand is if you send them, like, 40 quid, you can be a lord of Sealand. You can buy a lordship in Sealand, um, which I like the idea of. Um, so, the question of the podcast is, um, if you were to have your own country and you could design your own flag, what would it be? And what would be on that flag? And what would be on that flag? Um, can I tell you mine? Yeah, you can, so tell us yours. Oh, you need to come away a, from the You mic need to come a bit closer. To... It would be called Dragonland. Right, so Sophie's uh, uh, um, country would be called Dragonland. What would be on the flag? Snails? Chickens? Frogs. Frogs. <laughs> so it'd be called Dragonland. No, it'd be called Dragonland. No, it'd be called... Froggy land. Froggy, Froggy land. Froggy land. Um, as long as it's not called Peppa Pig land, because I never want to go back there again. I mean, I, I, yeah, now listen. I used to love Peppa Pig land. Yeah. I used to really want to go there when I was like five. You did we go did there go when there. you were five. We did. Yeah. We did. I remember it. I remember it being amazing. But now I think it's just rude. Yeah, but you're nine now. It's different, isn't it? It's and and I've never I've never heard a podcast, and I quite like listening to podcasts where you've just got some nine year old shouting over at the, Dragon at the podcast. Dragonland, no, Frogland. <laughs> so what would yours be, Charlotte? Mine. Dragons and frogs are gone. I'm sorry. Dragons and frogs <laughs> are gone. Um, no, you can still have dragons. Uh, you can have. Frog Dragon Land or Dragon Frog Land. Oh, they even look like a derpy face with a big set of wings. A what face? <laughs> What's that word? Derpy. Derpy? derpy. What does derpy mean? <laughs> it's just a face. It's derpy. So, no, no, uh, right. <laughs> no, we're in a podcast. We're talking. People right. can hear. They can't see. There's no point. Right. I'm looking up derpy afterwards. <laughs> anyway, um, at you might get some muffins. Do you, uh, for, for somebody who was going to make this intro a short one, we're making it long. Somebody will get some muffins. Um, um, some muffins. <laughs> That's what I'd have on my flag. Muffins. <laughs> or maybe a big chocolate chip cookie. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, I just said, I don't know. If you put a muffin on your flag... It's a bit derpy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you were the ruler of that land that people might call you the muffin man. <laughs> You know people listening to this, right? <laughs> she's, she's entertained herself. <coughs> anyway. And me. Anyway. <laughs> oh, well, at least two of you are entertained. Don't worry about the 70,000 people who it's listen okay, to it. It's okay, Muffin Man. We, we <laughs> I am the Muffin Man. Anyway, um, on that note, where can people uh, tell us what would be on their flag? Well, you could try going to our Facebook page, which, if you just search The Kindness Project in Facebook, works. And then if you go to Twitter and put out all the kindness, that works too. And we'll pop right up because we're not actually um, not well known anymore. What's 
uh, popular? No, if I if I said we're not actually infamous, <laughs> we're not actually shrouded in mystery, and people actually know who we are now, which is great. Um, which is weird, but which is weird. I'm liking it. We have an it. email, allatthekindnessproject.co.uk. Uh, we have a website, which is thekindnessproject.co.uk. And apparently, I've been asked to speak at a couple of conferences last week about the Kindness Project. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm more to be more. Tell them about the thing I told you. More to be revealed later uh, next week, probably, um, uh, when Russ tells me what conferences it is. Um, so the other thing I was going to mention was um, uh, the fact you want to you want to give away your Twitter bio, don't you? What? You want to put your if people want to get oh, in touch personally. Oh yes. So um, I'm at Charlotte J Dames. So. And I'm at the Muffin Man. Um, can I check whether the Muffin Man's gone on Twitter? Do it. Because if, if it's uh, not, I'm having it. I will spell out my Twitter handle for people because uh, I'm filling. C H A R L O T T E J D A E M S. No breaks. Okay, amazing. So get, please do get in touch. Answer the question of the podcast. Um, and on that note, we're going to get on to. Kindness News! Silly Names Edition. Um, so apparently the silly name that I've got today is the Muffin Man, but you've got a great story about oh, names, yes. which so, just, um, even though it isn't direct kindness, brings joy to both our hearts. Yes. So, and, you know, we thought, you know, it might bring you some joy, so let's do this. So I was looking for kindness news stories, obviously, because that's kind of my thing. Um, and I stumbled upon this story about the naming of the snowplows in Scotland. And they have a GPS map that allows you to see these snowplows and where they are and what they're doing and stuff like that. But the names of them are decided by the public and they have been for years, I think. Yeah, well, I think it's quite a new thing because you remember a few years ago, they had a competition to name that boat. And, and the oh, winner... Boat and the face. winner of it was was the amazing Boaty Boat McBoat face. face. Yeah, I think it's been going since like 2016, though, because that's how long they've been doing the tracking. Anyway, not important. I found two instances of it happening, one this year and one from a time I couldn't... And you... And, and the names of some of the... Uh, some of the written uh, uh, machines are just making you chuckle a bit, yes, aren't they? Yes, so let's start with Lord Coldemore... <laughs> Snowshally distance. <laughs> <laughs> Snowshally distance. Yeah. Funny and topical. I like it. Uh, Sleetwood Mac. Very good. You're a blizzard, Harry. William Wallace. Well, there's Sophie over there watching the podcast being recorded. He's loving it because there's loads of Harry Potter references. Rhinestone Ploughboy. Plow I don't clever. understand that one. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Oh, okay. Sweet child of Brian. Tomo Sa- Tamo Salter, uh, I already said Lord Cottermore, Carrie Bradthor, Spready Van Halen, Ice Sweeper Willie, Sleepwood Mac, On Her Majesty's Slippery Surface, Very good. Cold Finger, Dr. Snow, You Only Grit Ice, Licensed to Chill. And then you said to me after I well, mentioned that to when you. When you told me about that story, um, I remembered that a friend of mine's um, son got involved in a competition. They live in Leicester, and there was a competition to name some of the refuse and recycling bins in Leicester. And his, um, his name got picked. So because Leicester is famous for uh, 
the footballer Gary Lineker, he thought that a good name for the for one of the uh, refu refuse trucks would be Gary Binnaker. Um And then there's a few extras. Chitty Chitty Bin Bin, um, Garbage Goblin, Greta Garbage, um, Mr Ball's Bin Lorry, Rosie Recycler, um, and my two personal favourites, Trash Gordon, and Trash Bandicoot. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know whether giving the uh, public the opportunity to name... Oh, but it's so funny. Uh, I was just on Twitter looking at the, the uh, road gritters and someone put in the comments that they actually had one named Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Anti-Slip Machiney. And there's a map <laughs> that you can you can track these gritters as they go yeah, across, so go across the country. At the moment... Um, I'm looking at the gritty... Oh, look how fast Gritty Gonzalez is moving. <laughs> the greatest snowman or the greatest hits or nitty-gritty over there. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. That is hours of entertainment. <laughs> Just looking at the Scottish gritter. What if the greatest snowman... Just had a huge snowman on the side. I bet well, Some of them do have pattern stickers on them that show you the name, and it's just oh, it's so funny. So on that note, um, we've 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 um, not found anything uh, particularly <laughs> kind, but actually, if you find joy in just um, big trucks being named silly things, which <laughs> I think is hilarious, yeah. hopefully we've brought some kindness and joy into your life this week. And on that note, should we have our interview? Yes. Oh, you know what? Even before we start the interview, I can see Reader's Digest on Charlotte's screen. It's Reader's she's Digest Canada. She's... <laughs> oh, that makes her right then. She's getting ready for her joke. But before we do our joke, we've got Mr. Eric Skaggs as our interview this week. Shall we start? Yes. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? Doing, doing really well, mate. As, as I said, fascinated about what's going on in the States at the minute. Um, but as we're a podcast about kindness, I don't want to get too political. <laughs> I understand. Absolutely. Yes. So um, uh, where are you in the States? I am in California, Orange County, Southern Orange County, California. Okay, and one thing I did, I, I, and again, not going to politics specifically, but mm -hmm. one thing I did read is the original odds about Trump winning the election were one in ten, and they were the same odds um, that it would rain in California in a particular day. So what's the <laughs> weather like? Well, right now it's beautiful. It's a few clouds, blue skies, but it is going to rain in about a day or two. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> And that so, is yeah. going to be gone by then. Yes, yes, absolutely. We hope. We hope. We hope. Yeah. We hope. Yes. Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, well, I was a high school English teacher for 13 years, sophomore English. Um, I grew up here in Southern California in Redondo Beach. Um, I went to San Francisco State University, got a bachelor's degree, a couple of them, because I was in college for six years. So I figured if I'm going to be in here so long, let's walk out with two degrees. Yeah. And then I finally decided to dive in and get a master's in education. So went well with my teaching. Amazing. And it sounds like you really like California because you've never left. I mean, you went to... <laughs> You went to uni in California. You went to school in California. What well, is it about California you love? 
Um, well, I know other people in other parts of the country might have argument with this, but I feel that we, for the most part, are very open-minded and very laid back. We like to do things in a quick pace, but yet we're very in the moment and, and could relax. That's why I've always liked being close to the beach. Yeah. It, it brings on yeah. that ambience. Exactly. The beach. I, I was in, um, I was in uh, America oh, last, actually I was in New York two and a half years ago, um, but I was in uh, LA and San Francisco about seven, seven or eight years ago. Um, and weirdly, LA, Venice Beach was interesting. Yes. LA, LA I enjoyed less, but San Francisco I absolutely loved. It's, a, it's You know what? My ex-girlfriend that's traveled the world, she says San Francisco is as about as European as you can get for California. Well, that's why and I probably enjoyed it, because I'm a Londoner, right? There so, you go. Uh, it, it's one of those things. So tell me a little bit about um, the work you're doing with Grades for Good. Okay, well, Grades for Good is still in its infancy. I'll, I'll just preface by that. But we have some very exciting things happening. Um, I have a strong team. Well, let me even back up a little bit further. Um, when I was a high school English teacher, as most English teachers do and other high school uh, instructors, I was also a tutor. And so I tutored for this sweet old woman named Mary Wiest for about 10 of my 13 years. And about three years ago, she said, Eric, we're getting on in years. Would you like the company? So she gave me the entire company and and um, needless to say, before she did that, she originally thought, oh, I'll just let it quietly die after 25, almost 30 years. That, that'd be a shame, right? <laughs> that would. So she told all the other instructors, go on, go find other work. So she gave me this beautiful empty shell. So I had to refill it with new staff members. But the key to it was it had brand name throughout our South Bay community in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so it's basically a team of mobile instructors. We meet K through 12 students at their homes or local libraries. And then I moved back down about a year or so ago. I moved back down where my friends and family are here in South Orange County. And I said, well, I can do build another team for this area. Okay. So that's exactly what I did. So I have about 18 instructors right now made up of UCI, Concordia, and Chapman University students and recent graduates. And uh, we're, we're reaching out. We're helping friends and family and those that we don't know, kids that are in need. And I decided, why don't I create a nonprofit so I can create a platform and have my instructors work with students in a different format where we're, we're helping those, not only the students that are in need, but those underserved parents. Because as I grow in this space, I'm finding that kids that have dyslexia or dyscalculia, kids that are dealing with special needs or, or cognition issues, oftentimes moms and dads have those same attributes gotcha. and need that same support, but they've never dealt with it. They've been white knuckling it and making their way through life. And now they're in their thirties and forties or even older. Yeah. I want us to prove ourselves to their kids and then broach a conversation where we can help them as well and maybe create a new path for them in their life. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, I think some, especially how old are you, Eric? I'm going to be 50 in March. Oh, amazing. Congratulations. So I'm, 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 I don't want to rub it in, but I'm a little bit younger. I'm 43. <laughs> um, but, oh, very nice. Um, but um, 
the interesting thing is, I suppose, the and I, I, it might be different in the states, but the conversation around um, oh, you locked up change in the last couple of four decades hasn't it whereas potentially some of those issues weren't as identified as quickly as they may have been if if you and i were at school um uh and now it is coming to a bit more prominence where we can identify that so i like the idea of supporting the kids and then opening up the dialogue to support the parents as well yeah and you know and as we and as we speak um, what's beautiful, I don't know what's going on in the school system there in London and in your area, but really in Southern California, they they often will bring other kids from the mainstream classes into the special needs classes. So there's a whole new generation of, of grade school and middle school kids, even high school kids that are used to kids that are, have special needs yeah. and, and they're more than supportive. There's not a stigma like there was in the seventies and eighties that has been squashed. And, and I hope it continues in that direction. I know, I know. Um, do you, do you think the culture has changed in other ways in education for the good, or is there still some work to do? There's still some work to do. And, and that's a great segue into the pandemic. And, and this is part of why the school support program that, which is one of our many programs that we want to roll out. That is like our flagship one because of how it's so timely though. I know there's so many teachers that want to do good by their students. And I'm actually a part-time substitute teacher. So I'm still got my boots on the ground, literally in the classrooms, seeing what teachers are up against in this time. And from district to district, we can even see changes. Some have the plexiglass little shields or plastic yeah. shields on the desk of each student. And right. some school sites don't, but they all have them masked. There's only like half of the number of kids in class, some are on Zoom. And I'm just there to mediate while the instructor through the computer conducts lessons. And that's yeah. great. And I'm fine with that. But I still think there's there's going to be, unfortunately, a lot of contagions that still find their way, especially as things get cold and, and communities get tighter together, you know, and stay indoors more. Um, so the school support program that I want to roll out is different than learning pods. I don't know if they're doing learning pods there in the UK, but a lot of moms on Facebook and dads are reaching out to one another and they're creating their own kind of learning groupings of students that need that moral support and that educational support. Yeah. But but there's there's not a lot of facet where there's that educator that might be helping those kids working in tandem with the school site teacher. And that's yeah. what I want to create. You want to connect the two, right? Yeah. I want to connect mom and dad to the school site in a more effective way. And that's where tutoring comes in. And I don't think that's really being addressed properly yet. So my 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 uh, my two girls are um, 16 and 8. So okay. Wow, big gap. The old, the old, the older one is is the one I uh, Charlotte is the one I ho- host the podcast with, but oh, weirdly, um, in the UK, the education systems adapted. I mean, I tell you what, I realised, Eric. I, I've got to be really honest, right? Okay, so please. We had we we've just started. We've just gone into lockdown part two. Okay, so we're we're now in a a lockdown for a month and we're all working from home and doing what we need to. Um, 
but in lockdown part one, they closed all the schools. So they said like all the all the kids can go go home. And I realised that um, I, I run a business, pretty good at what I do. I'm not born to be a teacher, mate. I've got to be. I've got to be honest. I I, I completely failed at um at homeschooling. So credit to you, my friend. Like to, to do what you do. And, but the, and this, the, yeah. The, the I, I guess thing my... is that yes, the, the way that they've adapted is Google Classrooms now a prominent part of of, of yeah. teaching the kids. Um, uh, there's sort of like sort of work that they can do outside of work. But I think sometimes it's there's a barrier, as you say, between parents and teachers, isn't there? It's like yes. when I speak to my wife. It, she, she sometimes says, "I don't want to ask. I feel I feel like I should know." Or so, how do you how do you bridge that gap? Well, actually, it's not that uh, hard to bridge that gap because one of the things that we do as a mobile um, team is a little different from others in the way that I institute a progress report every three sessions or once every other week with the students or students. So that gives the mom and dad an idea of what we're doing with their child, moving towards whatever goals and expectations they have of us. And we send that same progress report via email to the school site instructor. So whatever insights my instructors might have of the children can hopefully help out that school site teacher better provide instruction and lessons to that kid that like really meets gotcha. them where they're at. And, and that way we become the conduit. If mom and dad have a question and they're like, Oh, I'm embarrassed to ask this. Well, have us ask it, right? Yeah. Have us be the ones and we can put it in a way that's more insightful and, and asking for more information from the teacher so we can do right by them here in the house. So that was the first part with Eric. Um, next week, we'll be finishing off the interview with him. Nice. Tis the end. Tis the end of another, another podcast. podcast. But the end is never really the end, is it? I mean, let's be honest. Because the end yes. is always the start of... By this point, if they're listening to this in chronological order, they have heard that spiel over... A hundred times. Over a hundred and like fifty uh, uh, times. More maybe? more than more than a hundred times. It's um, amazing stuff. Right, let me just find so last week's question of the podcast, if I can find it, and this is when you fill for time, just by naming names yes. of Yes. Uh oh yes, let's do more snowplows. Um <laughs> Let's have a look, see if I can find any. How about a West Ham related one? I'm forever snowing bubbles. <laughs> I was going to say Sled Zeppelin, but you know what? Uh, Sled Zeppelin's good. Salt Disney. The Great British Flake Off. Oh, yes. Bear Chills. Ready, spready, go. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you haven't got a name anymore unless you'd like to, because I'm Scotland's enjoying it. Ravis Gritter. <laughs> Let's have a look. Mary Queen of Salt. Salt Disney. Spready Mercury, yay! <laughs> License to chill. Rumble. Uh, uh, right, anyway. Megalotosaurus, right. Okay, so last week's question of the podcast was um, what's your favourite memory on, in, or near the water? Now, I... I've got to apologise because you told me this I, was going to be a bad question. I, I didn't think people would have a lot of feedback on this. 
but it went mad. We had loads of comments well, on this one. Well, yeah, I know. know. Very, so I apologise. Um, so let's start. Julie Wedge said, we love to feed the fish in the sea in Mallorca by hand. Kyra Turpin said, swimming alongside a turtle in the open waters of Turkey. Francis Barrett said, being a water baby swimming teacher, it was the most rewarding job. I took babies from birth until they were four years old, and my youngest baby was 10, 10 days old, called Evelyn. Now, starting kids that young, swimming that young, is amazing, isn't it? Mm. Swimming at 10 days old. Now, Dan has sent us a picture um, of his little baby Phoebe under the water. And I've got one of them, of, or we've got one of them, of you two under the water. It is an amazing experience. I remember we had to keep redoing it because she wouldn't open her eyes. Yeah. Um, Dan At- so Dan Atkinson sent us this lovely photo, but he's got loads of good memories. His favourite is seeing his daughter gain her water confidence through water babies that Francis used to teach at. But here's a very old old but very cute pic from her photo shoot. We've got loads of shared memories of fun in the sea and splash-a-thons as a result. Oh, Johnny Piper's a big scuba diver and he likes scuba diving with whale sharks in Thailand. That sounds amazing. Kamal, uh, Kamal said scuba diving with dolphins and flat-nosed sharks in Barbados. Uh, Alison Hagen said commuting by ferry across Sydney Harbour. Now, we, what we haven't talked about on the podcast a lot is my current obsession with Married at First Sight Australia. I think we might have mentioned it a couple of times. But Sydney Harbour looks amazing. And I've got a friend of mine who walked over Sydney Harbour Bridge. That is now on my bucket list. Um, John John Cook said, uh, when we were in Magaluf and I chucked you in the pool three times. Um, uh, Caroline Thompson said, crossing the uh, river between Mombasa and Diani Beach in Kenya, especially when the bus wouldn't start and we reached the other side and had to be pushed, started by a dozen Kenyan men. It wasn't funny at the time. But I look back now and it's one of my favourite memories. Cassie Dames said, releasing baby turtles back into the sea in Sri-, Sri Lanka. Oh, and the time an elephant spray river water in your mouth. Cheers, Cass. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> I remember that. You uh, were sick after. I was very... I was very... You know what was the weirdest thing, right? Um, the, 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 I loved getting an elephant shower because I didn't know I was going to get that sick at the time. That night, I got really sick. The weirdest thing... And, thing happened after that right so i don't know if i've ever told this story on the podcast but i'm going to tell it anyway i was really ill and uh we called the guy who was running the trip up to the hotel room and said look i need to get back to our hotel room just rest you know you can do that but it's going to cost you like 200 quid and it's not going to be any quicker than you just coming on the on the trip he said don't worry he said, I'll take you to the pharmacy and I'll get some tablets. And then I we're, we're off to a place that is a herbal remedy place. And I'll get one of those guys to come out and um, and, and I do remember make, the story. It, it'll yes. make you feel better. Have I ever told you this story, Soph? Um, so, um, went to the pharmacy, got some tablets. I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. Um, went to this herbal remedy place, and you and Mum got off the bus. I'm on a bus on my own, stayed on the bus in the middle of Sri Lanka. This Sri Lankan man gets on the bus with his herbal remedy, and 
asks me to pull my shirt up. <laughs> I do, because I didn't know what to do. Then it starts rubbing my belly with a herbal remedy. So I'm on a bus <laughs> on my own in the middle of Sri Lanka with a little Sri Lanka man rubbing me belly. <laughs> Ten minutes later, never felt better. <laughs> Now, I don't know whether the tablets from the pharmacy had kicked in or the fact that I'd had a little belly massage from a, from a little Sri Lankan man. I, I, they'd say both. They'd say both. Anyway, um, it was a bit um, awkward at the time. Um, uh, uh, your face is just uh, describing that awkwardness. Anyway, um, Steve Chilton, uh, uh, unofficial question of the podcast. Have you ever had your belly rubbed by a little Sri Lankan man? Um, Steve Chilton. We did actually have an unofficial question of the podcast that we didn't mention earlier, but you know what? Bit, bit late now. We yeah. use it for next we'll week. We use it for next week. Steve Chilton said swimming with dolphins in a bay in Cuba. Kim Lee said spending hours building a sand mound and then watching the tide wash it away. Sarah Lou said snorkeling in the Red Sea and seeing swordfish, bufferfish and Nemo fish. Going on a speedboat in a natural biosphere in Mexico and swimming along turtles, dolphins, seeing a crocodile. It was one of my favourite trips. Um, and Judy Bell said thinking my husband was doing well sailing but actually needed help and just stood there waving back didn't realise he was singing in, that he was in trouble oh, okay Julie um, help me and on that, <laughs> Julie help see you later Steve How you doing? anyway on that note that is it for another week apart from Charlotte's joke my joke which I haven't picked yet um, here we go Listen to the how many times can you stra- subtract 10 from 100 don't know once the next time you would be, be subtracting 10 from 90 we are never having a math joke again I like that anyway on that note have a lovely day um, have a lovely week um, whenever you're listening to this and we'll see you next time on the Kindness Project see ya